0: Hey, Soul Sisters, welcome to Topic Tuesday with me, Tia Arnold. This is week three of our identity series, and I'm really excited about today's topic in identity. Today's topic will be, what is my purpose? That is a huge question, but I have a lot of scripture. I will say off the top, today's going to be very meaty. Um, I'm going to do my best to make it as quick as possible, but there's so much good scripture to eat on today as we look into what is my purpose. Um, Before we go into that, though, I would like to start off in prayer and then we're going to quickly review what we talked about the last two weeks and how it leads up to what is my purpose. Okay, Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for this time together. We come before you, God, humbly um, wanting to be a vessel, use me, use our sisters as they go out and they spread the gospel of Jesus Christ as you use them, Lord. And I pray today will help bring more clarity to those who are asking what is their purpose. And even for me, God, it, it convicted me and was such a great reminder of what we are here for. So Lord, as we dig into your word, let your power your spirit be with us, God. I pray for every sister that is listening, that you will bless them and protect them, increase them, God, that their health and their minds will be renewed in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so quick review. Week one, we talked about Galatians 2 and 20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's a very good study, so if you have not seen that, I suggest you go there first before you jump into this week's topic. And then last week we talked about being identified uh, by God. And we also talked about being found in God. We talked about where that happened, which was on the cross uh, with Jesus Christ, and then that desire wanting to be found in Him. But we are also identified in Him by longing to please Him. That's how we are identified by God. So we talked about that and it was really good. So again, if you have not seen one or two, I suggest that you stop this one, go look at those first and then come back to me for this week. Okay. All right. This week's topic, like I said, is what's my purpose. Okay. Um, I have had several conversations in my lifetime about purpose. Uh, I've had people even say, how do I know my purpose? And I'm always very uh, nervous about this because we all know that we are the body of Christ and we all operate differently. But what I believe the Holy Spirit showed me today can be taken. I mean, everybody can feed on it. It applies to all his children. Okay. So my first what, okay, what we are we are the dwelling place of the holy spirit last week we talked about um i think it was first john ooh three in chapter three it says that we are transformed we are renewed and we are set apart by the spirit and so in order for us to know who we are and in order for us to now uh, see the manifestation of our identity we have to understand that we are now the dwelling place for God's spirit. We are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at John 14, verse 23 uh, says, let me get to it here. Jesus. So Jesus was talking to the disciples and he was telling them they were they are, um, He's sharing with them that he has to go, but that there is someone greater that is going to come. And this is what Jesus is talking about. So in verse 23, um, Jesus says, if anyone really loves me, he will keep my word, teachings, and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling place in him. Okay, so I'm gonna read that one more time. If anyone really loves me, he will keep my word, teachings, and my father will love him. And we, so he's talking about the Father himself, the Son and the Holy Spirit will come to him and make our dwelling place with him. Okay, so I want us to kind of stop for a second because I don't want to think that everybody understands the Holy Spirit. Now this can go for, I mean, this can get real deep and can go for a long time. So I'm gonna do my best to briefly introduce you if you do not know, who the Holy Spirit is. So who is the Holy Spirit? Well, if you go a few verses uh, back, so we're at John 14, verse 16. Let's start there. Um, And I will ask the Father, so this is Jesus speaking, and I will ask the Father, who is God, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, Oh, that's so good. He's your helper, your comforter, your advocate. So he speaks for you. He intercedes for you, your intercessor. He counsels you. He strengthens you when you're weak. He is standing by you. um, And he will be with you forever. The spirit of truth. So that's the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to his heart because it does not see him or know him, but you, who is he talking about? You who've been identified, you who are in Christ, who has accepted Christ as your Lord and savior, you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. So that is who the Holy Spirit is. He is the helper, he is your comforter, he is your advocate, intercessor, He is the spirit of truth. So, and he also teaches us. And I want us to look at uh, 1 John 2 and 20. We're going to be hopping around a little bit today. 1 John 2 and 20. Am I in 2? No, I'm not. Oh, yeah, I am. Okay. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have been set apart, specifically gifted and prepared by the Holy Spirit. And all of you know the truth because he teaches us, illuminates our minds and guards us from error. So that's what he does. That's his job. And I think about that because now it's like, okay, I, I have this identity in Christ. I am identified from God. Well, how do I find my purpose? How? How do I learn? How do I know? The spirit of truth. He teaches us. He teaches us what God says about us, who God is to us. He does the teaching. He transforms. He sets you apart. He renews your mind. It's him, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that does that. And so it's very important now to understand, like I said, what are we? We are the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So he lives in you. He dwells in you. So you carry his spirit with you when you have said, I am now crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So now the Holy Spirit is living in you. You are carrying this power with you. Oh my gosh, girl, you got to know it. You got to know. And it requires faith, but I ain't going to jump ahead. Okay, so let's go back to... So we have embraced who the Holy Spirit is. We know who the Holy Spirit is. And we know that we are now the dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Another scripture is 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. uh, Let's start at verse 19. I wish I had enough bookmarks. (laughs) Okay. um, It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? who is within you whom you have received as a gift from God. Now let's stop right there because that is so important. It's a gift. It's not something that you earned. It's not something that you deserved. This is where we talk about the grace of God. When you receive Christ, you now have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it is received by faith. You have to believe that he now dwells in you. And this is why I like this scripture, because it says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Don't you know that your body, your body is the temple of the spirit of God, the spirit of truth. It now lives in you, um, whom you have received. That's so important as the gift you receive by faith. It's a gift from God. And that you are not your own property. You're not. So once the Holy Spirit is in you, it is not you. We, I mean, we talked about that week one. It's no longer you that's living. So he's living in you. You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased, actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. So this is where it's important to understand that how you treat yourself, even how you look at yourself, you got to honor it. You got to understand that you now in your body have to honor God in what you do and how you behave and the actions that you have. You are the dwelling place. Uh, I think about, you know, if you had a beautiful heirloom, you um, Or, you know, I have a beautiful uh, jewelry box upstairs. It houses some of the jewelry from my grandmother, who is no longer with me. I treat that thing precious. I'm not gonna just throw it on the bed. I'm not gonna, you know, just let it put it on the side of the table and let it fall and break. Why? Because I consider it valuable. So baby girl, you are valuable. If you don't know that you're valuable, it's saying right here, you are valuable. It doesn't matter if you think that you look pretty. It doesn't matter if you think that you don't don't qualify for this or nobody picked you or that guy didn't like it. Girl, all that stuff does not matter. The Bible says you are valuable and your temple is the house of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in you. So even, this is where my conviction comes in, what you eat. All the things, how you take care of this temple, it really shows where your faith is. And listen, I don't always treat my body like it's the temple. I need to do better because I love to eat. Um, I love to cook. I am a foodie. And so this is really where those places where I'm like, Holy Spirit, I need you to help me. But ah, we just talked about it. He is our comforter, our counselor, our advocate, our intercessor, our helper. He is the spirit of truth. He probably says time and time again, only get one scoop of that Garrett's popcorn to you. Now, do I decide to listen to him? Because he's speaking. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And then when I don't, I pay with a stomachache. Okay, but he's still speaking. And so we have to understand that we are valuable because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Okay, so I hope that helps somebody. And even if there's any young girls listening or it, it doesn't matter what age you are, if you're single or you have to understand that you got to treat your body precious. You don't need a man to tell you how precious you are. God says how precious you are. And so sleeping around or or even putting you know unhealthy things, smoking and alcohol and all that stuff in your body, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So see that, understand that and embrace that, okay? All right, so now, so we've talked about we are the dwelling place. We talked about who the Holy Spirit is. Now, the Holy Spirit develops and confirms who we are, who we are. We are children of God, right? Okay, so let's look at that. Romans 8, Romans 8, we're going to go to Romans 8 verse, where do we see here? Verse 15. Okay, verse 15, it says, for you have not received the spirit of slavery. So he's talking about us for we have not received the spirit of slavery, leading again to fear of God's judgment. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship, the spirit, the Holy Spirit produces sonship. Yes, (laughs) that's so good. By which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. And I'm going to verse 16. Um, The Spirit himself, this is the Holy Spirit, testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we believers are children of God. I'm going to read that one more time. The spirit himself. So we are talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies and confirms together with our spirit. That is called conviction. So it is in and, and, or even discernment. Um, I'm trying to think of another word. There was one right at the top of my tongue, but um, it confirms so there are times, and and this this may be a little uh, immature, but this is like one of from my messages that I used to speak when I used to talk to elementary kids. It's just like if you're taking a test and you are getting tempted by the spirit of error. We're, we'll I'll pull up a scripture about that. That is by the enemy. He is the spirit of error, where God is the spirit of truth. So if you are tempted taking a test to cheat on your test by looking at someone else's answers, there's this thing in you that says, that's not right. That's the Holy Spirit. So he confirms, he convicts, and then he testifies. How does he do that? That's by your fruit. That's by your fruit. So as children of God, he does that. It says that um, the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship, by which we joyfully cry, "Abba, Father. So we now know that we are God's. We now know that we are his child. This is who we are. And the spirit, the Holy Spirit will testify and confirm with our spirits by making us feel the discerning spirit, making us feel like uh, the assurance that we are hearing from God, that boldness. Oh, that is so important. That boldness to know that I am doing this because this is what God wants me to do. That's the Holy Spirit. He does that in us, and um, and by that, we should start seeing fruit. And this is very important. I kind of want to go into that. I want to make sure I haven't passed up any other scriptures. Um, yes, I want to go to John 15. Let's go back to John real quick. John 15, verse 4. And I hope this is good. I hope I am articulating it the way that it was given to me, but I, this is so good for me. Verse 4. Now, this is important. Remain in me. Make sure I got the right verse. Mm -hmm. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith that you are a child of God, that you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, unless you remain in me. So our fruit is the confirming of the Holy Spirit. It We should be, and, and it testifies that He is in us. We should see and be walking and producing this fruit by the Holy Spirit once we have been identified, once we have embraced our identity. It's not just enough to say, but now it's time to see. We should see. And not only should we see, but the world should see. This is how then we become witnesses. We don't go and witness. We be witnesses. I had a scripture for that, and I don't remember if I wrote it down, but I I actually was reading about that this morning. But so this is where it happens. And this is so important. It's not just enough to say, I know who I am in Christ, but we're not bearing fruit. Because we talked about last week, being identified by God is that longing to please him. There should be something that he sees. It should be something that we see within ourselves. It should be something that the world sees because now we go out and be a light for him. Okay. So remain in him. He will remain in us. And in doing that, we will bear his fruit. Okay. All right. So, um, just to review this quickly. So we are children of God, what Roman talks about. And now we have the Holy Spirit and he confirms and he testifies for us and we bear fruit. Another scripture I want to throw in here before we move to the next part is Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 20, let's see, 26. It says, For you who are born again, have been reborn from above. And this is going to sound very familiar from what we read last week. Um, Spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all children of God set apart for his purpose with full rights and privileges through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized in Christ into a spiritual union with Christ. So that goes back to the scripture we talked about in week one. And anointed have clothed yourself with Christ. That is you have taken on his characteristics and his values. Oh, that's so important. That's so important. So this talks about now how you live, how you see things. You are taking on him now. And that's so important. You have to live by that. And that goes back to that scripture we talked about at first, about how you treat yourself, how you carry yourself. Understand that you have a huge, it's a huge responsibility, but it's a beautiful responsibility. And it's one that you don't have to do on your own because you have the Holy Spirit. Okay. All right. We're almost done, guys. Um, Now we're going to talk about why we are here. Today's topic was, what's my purpose? So here we go. We're going to dig in. This is good. Why are we here? We are here. Why are you here? Why am I here? We are here for his purpose to love like the father loves. Yes, that's it. That's it. It really is that simple. Um, And I don't want to skip ahead, but I know you're thinking, okay, but I'm unique and I have an individual. You do. But you can't do that without understanding what he has commanded you to do first, because everything that you do has to be produced out of love. Everything. I could pull so many scriptures about that right now. Um, and so let's go to John. We'll go back to John 15, verse 16 again. And let's look at what our word says here. Okay. This is good. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you and placed and purposefully planted you. Why? Why has God done that? He has, he has chosen me, appointed me, purposely planted me. Okay. Let's say that again. He has chosen you. Okay. So that's, I think that's pretty clear. You are chosen. He has appointed you. He has purposely planted you. All these words kind of sound like purpose to me, right? So this is the why. So that you go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting. Well, why? So that whatever you ask of the father in my name as my representative, he may give it to you. That's authority. That's authority. We have authority now to ask God and listen, I, you know, I'm not going to make this about this, what I'm about to say, but I'm just going to say it. We can't just go to God and just ask him for whatever we want and think he's just going to flat out give it to us. That's not how it works. It has to be in his will. This is why we pray with our heavenly language through the Holy Spirit. We know what to ask for. This is why we spend time in the Holy Spirit and know him greater. So then he can tell us, the spirit of truth can tell us what to ask for. My thing I always believe in is when I pray, I need to ask for God's will. And sometimes you want to know, well, what is God's will? What should I pray for? God, what what should I believe for in this? And this all ties into your identity because you got to know how to operate and what he has given you. So when you spend that time with the Holy Spirit, when you learn more about who he is, you will hear him. My children know my voice. You will hear him. And if he says, yes, I've called this to you, then you know what to pray for. You know what to ask for. You know what to demand. So that's talking about authority. But it also talked about, which I told you, love, right? So So that you will go bear fruit. Keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting. What fruit? Let's look at Galatians 5 and 22 and 23. And I actually have it right here on my phone, so I don't have to turn to it. It says, but the fruit of the spirit, the very first one is love. And I thought that's interesting that love is the very first one that he mentions, because without love, can you have joy? Can you have peace? Can you have kindness? Can you have goodness? Love is the most important thing. I do have scripture to show you that. Okay, so um, let's, before we move on, I want us to look at Philippians three. I told you this was a lot of scripture, but it's it's good, it's good. I wanna make sure my heart is always that you're not thinking Tia just making this up, okay? So I don't mind taking time to show you, where where am I getting this from? All right, Philippians 3 and 3. Now, these scriptures are about how we are here for his purpose. You are not here for your own. This is totally opposite of the culture that we live in, that you use your gifts to determine what you're good at, make money, make that money, make that coin, do your thing, blah, blah, blah. That is not when you are identified now as being in Christ, you are not here for your own. It is not about you fulfilling your own agenda. It's not even about you being the one who made all the coin in your family. It's not about you trying to be the most successful out of the group of friends that you went to high school with. It has nothing to do with that. We are here for his purpose. And so this scripture, I believe this is a scripture, um, Philippians 3 and 3, that talks about that. It says, for we are born again, have been reborn from above. I just read this, didn't I? Well, in a different part, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart. Okay, now this is the third time that I have read in different places where it says we are transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose, for his purpose. So we are not here again for our own. And it's really, really important to understand that to align your faith with that, to be in agreement with that, because that is going to be, because that's what the enemy plays off of. If he has any sign that you are trying to do something out of selfish motive, out of trying to, you know, please self, please others, please man, he uses that and he can use it to deceive you and make you chase after something that God has not called you to go after. So then you go to God and say, Lord, I did all this in your name. He's like, no, no. I didn't call you to this. So if we can eliminate by the Holy Spirit, because not in ourselves, eliminate that thought of, I am here to do what I want to do. And instead of that and saying, I am here for your purpose, God, I believe when you go to God, he will show you and tell you what that specifically is. But to my point, we are all here first to be like Christ. We are here to show the love of God. We are here for that purpose. And then individually, what does that look like? I can't answer that for you. That's where you're going to have to do your time with the Lord and you got to figure that out. Okay, so I hope that's good and I hope I hope that bought some understanding. Um, okay, so I want us to look at Genesis one and twenty-seven. We talked about this authority, right? We have authority. Authority can be its own Bible study, but we—it's very important as it pertains to our identity. Genesis one. That's like all the way over here. So. Okay. Genesis 1 and 27 says, so God created man in his own image and in the image and likeness of God, he created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them, granting them certain authority and said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subjugate it, putting it, that means putting it under your power and rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. So God has granted us authority. He wants us to walk in our authority as we, are, um, as we submit to being identified in him and understanding what our purpose is. There's other scriptures that says it was when Jesus was talking to the disciples, I have granted you authority over demons and serpents. So God wants us to walk in that. He wants us to know who we are and to boldly step into that and do the things that he has called us to do. But to my point, I want to go back to our purpose, though, is to love like the Father loves. Because it's not enough, I I can't remember, I think, I want to say maybe 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about, you know, you can prophesy, you can do all these things, but without love, what does it matter? It's just a loud noise. So love is very important. And so I want us to go back to John 15. John 15, and we are going to, I think it's yes, John 15, verse 8. Let me hurry up and get there. Okay, verse 8 says, My father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit. Okay. So we we talked about that. The Holy Spirit is producing fruit in us, and God is glorified and is honored when we are bearing much fruit and prove yourself to be my true disciples. I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. And this is Jesus talking. And remain in and remain in my love and do not doubt my love for you. Faith, it requires faith. I cannot say that enough. So don't doubt. God loves you. Do not doubt. God loves you. If you keep my commandments and obey my teachings, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be made full and complete and overflowing. And that is through the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. This is my commandment. Listen, this is his commandment. That you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I have loved you. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep on doing what I command you. What did he command you? That you love and selflessly seek the best for one another. I do not call you servants any longer for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you my friends because I have revealed to you everything that I have heard from my father. So he wants us, he commands us to love. If you're still waiting for God to give you an assignment, I suggest you work on your love life first because in order for you to complete the things that God has called you to do, you must first understand that you are here to love. You are here to be the hands and feet of Jesus. He loved, he he showed the Father's love to sinners who did not deserve it, to us, we didn't deserve it. And so that is what we should model. That should be... Our number one purpose, and it's very interesting because as you as I continue to read, I was uh listening to John today. Um, and I, as you continue to go on, you know, he's talking about the world will hate you and so on and so forth. But if you listen, he's not talking about the world in the way that we've heard it lately, he's actually talking about the religious Pharisees and Sadducees. He said, They see me they see me my scriptures they're going to see they're even going to read that I'm in their scripture but they won't believe they didn't believe in him so that's what he was talking about but we are to love the sinner we're to love them not their sin we are to go and reach the lost and draw them by what what was what drew us it was God's love that's our purpose and if you think about it you know, the world is getting harder and harder to love. Think of it, it's getting harder to love in this world. Look at what's happening right now. I mean, my gosh, even the church is not showing love. So it's our love that's going to make us stand out. You mean you still love that person after they did what they did? Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm offended. We all in the, are we in the era of offense? You offended me. I don't like what you did. did, 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 did. That now, it's like becoming the thing, you know, it's, it's becoming the culture. But we will stand out by his love, being in his love, showing his love. That's how we're going to be light. That's how we light up the darkness. It's our love. It is our love. This is who we are. This is why we are here. And this is our purpose. That is so important. Next month's topic is actually love. God gave that to me before I saw this today. And I was like, I love how you work. We're going to dig deeper into that. I feel so strongly about this thing, and as you and I and I challenge you to continue to read through John 15. Uh, actually, start at 14, 15, 16, and just read and with those lens of love is my purpose. Okay. All right. So my last point that I want to make to you, and we're going to close, is how to manifest who we are. How do we manifest this love? We're right here in John. Let's go to John 14 and 14. And it says, um, "Wait, is this the one? Oh, well, actually, let's, let, I'm sorry. Let's stay. Let's stay at John 15. I'm just going to review. We already talked about this, but I'm going to review this with you. Um, John 15 for remain in me. I will remain in you. So remaining in remaining in him is how this love is going to be manifested Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of fruit, unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off off from the vine, you can do nothing. So how do you how does this love manifest? How do I really start to walk in these characteristics of Jesus? If you look at Colossians, it really talks about um, how we should live and what what uh, our our uh, life should represent the fruits of the spirit, the joy, the peace, the love. how is this stuff how can I manifest that now? How could this be how could this be who I am? How can this be produced in me? I was, you know, you could even say like, well, my personality, I don't like to talk to people. Okay. Like, I just don't do that. That's just not who I am. Okay, that's not who you are, but you ain't, in, you ain't who you are anymore. You are in Christ. And so he says that these things can be produced in you by the Holy Spirit, but you have to remain in him. And when you remain in him, he says that he, you will bear much fruit. And this fruit we will be able to see. This fruit you will be able to see. And it will make an impact in this world, which is why we're here. We're here to draw people to Christ. We really, really are. So I pray that this Bible study, even though I know it's a little longer, I pray that it has helped you at least put you on a path so that you can study uh, God for yourself. Um, And just remember that you now know what you need to do and you have to remain in God. You know, the scripture that said that if you keep my commandments and obey my teachings, you will remain in my love. Well, the commandment is that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. In this day and age, this is gonna be a challenge. You're gonna need the Holy Spirit more than ever because there's so many things that the enemy is going to use that can try to distract you from love. You can get offended. There's all the politics, there's politics in church, there's racial and civil unrest. There's so many things that that are going on that your flesh has, yes, every right, If that's possible, your flesh should have a right, but there's every right for your flesh to get offended, for you to get hurt, for you to get angry. I mean, really, there are things, but God is saying, my commandment, his word has not changed. He commands us to love. And when we love, then we remain in him. And when we remain in him, we bear fruit to do things for his purpose. This is why you're here. This is who you are. This is your identity, and this is your purpose. I hope I answered that question for you today. Make sure you visit www.soulsistergatherings.org to go to a gathering near you. We have a few more gatherings coming up this weekend, and then I will be with you for one more week on the Identity Series next Tuesday, and I love you, and I pray that you have a blessed week, and I pray I see you at the gatherings. Bye.